Nearly forgot my microphone. Let's get that into position. But I'm alive. A little late. A little hoarse. But alive. And why am I hoarse, you might be asking? By the way, Chris Schreier, Toronto Beer Podcast. Welcome to the Toronto Beer Podcast with me, Chris Schreier, your horse host. Horse host, that's hard to say. But I managed, sort of. <clears throat> I didn't even want to really pound out a uh, throat clear there because, uh, yeah, I'm just noticing. Raspy, and, and I'll tell you why, whether or not you wanted to know. Tonight was the first rugby practice of the year with my little tiny rugby players, little U8s and U6s, kids as young as four, four to eight. That's a challenging group of kids, uh, and it takes a little while for them to settle in. So I had to shout a lot tonight, not in a bad way, just raising my voice so they could hear me. And now I need to soothe my poor, strained vocal cords with this delightful beer, which I discovered on uh, Thursday. I think it was on Thursday. Yeah. Yeah, it was on Thursday. It was after we got our vaccines. I got my second jab on Thursday on Canada Day. And then uh, we were in Thorncliffe Park. My favorite samosa shop was closed because it was Canada Day. So we went to Amsterdam and I bought beer and I bought this Amsterdam Pure Pilsner. Now, you all know me. You've been here for a while. You know, I like a crispy boy, a nice golden yellow lager. Um, and Amsterdam's had a few, especially Stark Pils. What a beauty. Um, this, not a pils. It's a pilsner. What's the difference, you ask? Oh, I'm glad you did. Pils, as a style of beer, is a pilsner, but it's a German interpretation of it. Um, and they often are um, a little snappier on the hop finish. Um, and while they're grainy, um, you get a more layered, nuanced grain profile, typically from um, a pilsner also the water chemistry slightly different um, but we don't need to get that geeky about it now as noted stark pils beautiful amsterdam famous for their natural blonde which i don't even know if they make anymore if i'm honest with you they might um, of course three speed their light lager uh, that's it's nice it's an all grain light lager so uh, if you like your lager light but you want to drink a good quality beer, it's, it's a good one. The thing I actually, a lot of people like, I dislike, it comes in like a king can. It's like a 600 mil. It's a really big can of beer. Um, you got to mean it when you open that guy. Um, but then I saw this one, Pure Pilsner. They also had a Hellas, which I didn't get because uh, I wasn't going to go crazy. I just needed some beer. Um, fun fact that uh, some people know, but not, you know, not necessarily everyone, you might be thinking to yourself, now Ian McCoustra, brewmaster of Amsterdam Brewery, who has been with the company since like the 90s at least, I think. Uh, what business does he have making a Pilsner? Well, for one, he's a very accomplished brewer, so you should just back off. But, uh, but seriously, uh, aside from that, um, did you know Ian and Erica, uh, 
Erica Macustra, same last name, because they're married. Uh, Erica is the brewmaster at Steam Whistle Brewing, where they now do more than one thing really, really well, but certainly for a long time did one thing really, really well. And that one thing was make Pilsner. So uh, Ian's married into Pilsner making. Uh, bless his soul. He also probably has made a number of Pilsners in the day. So uh, we got to, you know, give him that credit. But much more so than that, his wonderful, lovely wife, Erica, is uh, truly a uh, uh, an exceptional Pilsner maker. So uh, I knew from the word go, uh, this was not going to be a, an, an unpleasing Pilsner. Ian would not have stood for that, um, not least because he might have had to sleep on the couch if uh, he made a bad one. Erica might have tasted it and said, you're on the couch until you can make a better Pilsner. That would have been fun. I don't know if that's what happened. I could message him and find out, but I doubt it. She's a pretty nice person. Anyway, enough preamble. We've been going for almost five minutes here. Let's uh, see what this pure Pilsner does for us. Oh, yeah. See right there. Yeasty bread dough proofing on the nose. Just beautiful Pilsner malt, uh, which is cereal grainy a little bready, um, a little grassy sometimes, um, sort of drying grassy. That could also be a little bit from the hops. Now, I haven't read the can, or maybe I haven't, I forgot, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Um, Saz hops, pretty pretty uh, typical in a Pilsner. Um, and Ian is, um, he's authentic with that sort of stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if we got some saws in here. Saws hops can be grassy and a little spicy. Um, again, as always, spice cupboard spicy, uh, not hot, not picante. Uh, I'm really thirsty. I've been at a rugby practice and I haven't had a beer yet. So if you'll just bear with me, I'll be thinking about what I'm drinking, but this is going to just be a minute. That's, I need to do that again. Mmm. Mm-hmm. I told you so. That's really nice. What do we got going on? One of the first things that um, really strikes me, you get a nice sweet uh, Pilsner malt uh, pop right off the top. But the beer is the weight of the beer. It's, it's silky almost. Um, and that's going to be through water chemistry. Um, Pilsen in the Czech Republic where Pilsners, uh, originated their water source filtered through sandstone, I think. Anyway, they have very soft water. So often in brewing, they have hard water. Burton-upon-Trent in the UK, the water's very minerally, which lends itself nicely to hop-forward uh, and brown-malted beers. Classic English styles do really well with hard water. Pilsners prefer softer water, less mineral input. Um, and what you end up with this is, like I say, this soft, like velvety almost weight um, you wouldn't quite say creamy. That's not quite the right descriptor. But there's a really pleasing density to the beer on the palate. Now, let me confirm that. Yes, I can confirm that's true. Maltiness, like I said, Pilsner malt. Um, curious 
there might be some floor melted Pilsner in there. It might be all floor melted Pilsner, um, for that matter. <clears throat> floor melting Pilsner is the older way of making malted barley, where it's literally spread in a thin layer on a floor uh, in the malting process, which is when it's wet and it's starting the process of germinating and it's hand turned um, by workers walking through and turning the the. Uh, the grains, typically it would have been done in a drum or uh, other environments um, that are more conducive to uh, modern automatic uh, brewing. Floor malted is still malted in the old way, and it's generally accepted that it's not that it tastes different. It tastes like Pilsner malt, but it tastes like more like Pilsner malt, like it's just turned up a little bit. It's amplified Pilsner malt. Um, and, and I'm getting a lot of that nice yeah, hay-like quality from the malts. Sweet, bready. Finish is nicely, assertively snappy hops. Again, gonna guess saws on that. Might be something else in there. Um, Ian is a sucker for Styrian Golding, but I don't think there's Styrian in there. Um, grassy quality to the hop on the finish. In that case, green grassiness with... Um, spicy is as close as I'm gonna get. I don't want to get specific. It's not peppery. Certainly not clovey or coriandery. Maybe just a little white peppery, um, but a little spicy on the finish. Not a particularly bitter beer. It's got a bitter, dry, clean finish, but it's not. It's not an imperial lager or an India pale lager or anything like that. This is a pilsner. This is the way pilsners are supposed to taste. Um, this is a very, very good interpretation of uh, the, the historical style pilsner. It's delightful. Amsterdam, pure pilsner. Oh, bless me. I forgot this was a little glass. I've still got like a third of a can or maybe a quarter of a can. I'm going to fill it up. Have another, have another hearty post-rugby sip. Just uh, bear with me. Now, I'm realizing low numbers on the live views right now. Those of you who are there, hello. Good to see you. Uh, it's the Canadians game tonight, isn't it? I keep doing this. Why would I presume people want to listen to me blather on about beer when they could be watching the Canadians? I wonder how they're doing. Let's look up a score. It is currently 9.18 p.m. Montreal versus Tampa. The score is currently... Ooh, one nothing for Montreal. Uh, so eighteen thirty in period two. I don't know if that's counting up or down. Let me refresh that and see where it goes. It's eighteen twenty, so it's counting down. Oh, so the game's young yet. Plenty of time. That's stressful. Uh, but anyway, that's where we're at. Canadians leading the Tampa Bay Lightning one nil one nothing. We don't say nil in hockey, do we? Uh, that's exciting. If you're watching the game, you aren't hearing me. If you're listening to this after the fact and you did watch the game, I hope it was a cracker. Um, what else we got? I'm gonna have another sip. Tell you a little bit about what's coming down the pike. There's not much. Just bear with me. I really need to get some beer in me. You know, there's an old saying about rugby. You tell people, oh, 
My drinking team has a rugby problem. We tend to drink a lot of beer. Uh, and sing. Did you know rugby players like to sing? It's a thing. Yeah. It's, it's adorable. Often badly, often loudly. Often both. Bit of singing. Classic songs. Not even like old rugby songs, like just songs. We were at the club the other day, and a guy put on Country Roads Take Me Home, so we all sang along. And you could see some of the people on the patio were giving the knowing look of, oh, the rugby boys are over there. And some of the people on the patio were giving the look of, what the hell is going on over there, and can we have those people removed? And the answer is no. Um, so, uh, yeah, drinking and singing, that's what we do. I'm not going to sing to you tonight, fear not. I'm going to have another sip of this beer, though. It's really good. I'm really enjoying it. Mm. No, we have to talk about what we're going to eat with it, and I cannot tell you a better thing than this. Get ready. This is going to blow your mind. A lot of people eat pizza and have a glass of wine. And if that's what you like to do, that's fine. I mean, it makes sense. Uh, pizza often has tomato sauce. That tomato sauce often has oregano and basil in it. Sounds like we're having a bowl of pasta, which you would typically have a glass of red wine with. In fact, if you made the pizza sauce yourself, you might have used some red wine in that sauce. That's cool. What if you have like a, a Bianca pizza, you know, like a cream sauce one with creamier things and I don't know what, mint and peas and junk like that. Go ahead and have a white wine if that's what you want. I'm not telling you not to do that. Eh, actually, that's not true where I am. Do you want to know what most Italians drink when they have pizza? It's beer. It's Italian Pilsner. It's a specific style. Um, but this would work really well, too. And I get... Um, for a guy who's a chef, I do tend to get into some culinary habits. I eat a bagel and cream cheese for breakfast pretty regularly. Less so now because of the vegan days. On the vegan days, obviously, vegan cream cheese just isn't quite there yet. No offense. Uh, and also, it's expensive. So, uh, peanut butter is great on a bagel, too. Um, or avocado, because I'm a filthy hipster. But uh, pre-doing three days a week vegan, I ate a bagel and cream cheese six days a week for breakfast. Because if it's good and you like it, go with it. That's what I say. Um, for like a couple of years there, the only pizza I would eat was a Hawaiian. And I know that causes consternation for people. And if you're one of those people, A, calm down, okay? I don't come at you and tell you what you can and can't put on your pizza. I do tell you you should drink beer with it instead of wine, but that's another story. But then I got into the habit of doing, uh, do you know this pizza? I don't even know if there's a proper name for it. So first off, there's no sauce. It's dough, and you generously coat it with olive oil. And then you either put roasted garlic if you have roasted garlic, but we tend to be lazy and just chop up raw garlic and put it on and let it roast as it cooks. Great start. Olive oil, garlic. See where I'm going, guys? Thinly sliced, like potato chip, thinly sliced potatoes over the whole surface. Some more oil. Rosemary. Ideally fresh, but we can work with dried when we need to. Grind of pepper. Nice, generous uh, uh, sprinkling of coarse salt, like pretzel salt. Think pretzel salt. And then, uh, depending on if you've got it in the icebox and if that's what you get down to, maybe a grate of Parmesan cheese. You could also put that on the bottom uh, before you add everything else, just with the olive oil, however you prefer that. Just that, no sauce other than the olive oil. That pizza is my boyfriend right now, and I eat that pretty much every Friday. And it's so good. And that's a perfect pizza to have with this beer. Why? Well, 
getting a little bit of a weird connection here. Certainly the Pilsner malt and the pizza dough work really well together, especially um, one of the best places that you can get that sense. What I was saying about like proofing bread dough yeast quality is from making pizza dough. It's something that's easy to do. Um, and uh, you'll really smell that slightly sulfury yeasty bread dough aroma. So some uh, simpatico there, right? The nice dry snappy hop just cleans up all that richness and gets you ready for the next bite and it's perfect so that's what you're going to eat with it could you put meat on it you could but you shouldn't it's fine the way it is you don't have to put bacon on everything guys just putting that out there but if you wanted to you could or better probably use like porchetta or something like that um that said it's a delicious pizza and i think more people should eat that and that beer would go perfect with that so that's your project some pure pilsner from amsterdam and a potato rosemary pizza. So good. So good. You can't go wrong with that. Now I'm going to have a drink, and then I'm going to tell you what's going on. It's not much. Oh. Seriously, guys. I wish I had eight more cans of that right now. This is my last one. But I also go dry at this point for... Well, funny, now thinking about that ostensibly for the next three days, but I have rugby practice tomorrow and on Thursday, and we almost always drink after rugby practice. And yes, I realize I don't have to. I'm not a problem drinker where I can't say no, but it's part of the experience. You run so hard you want to die. Sorry, I have a fly buzzing around me. <clears throat> you finish, you take off your boots, you put on your sandals, you sit down, Ugh, you're just gassed, and somebody hands you a beer, and you just tilt it down your neck. And it's so cold and so beery and good. And often at rugby, it's not very good beer. It's like Laker sometimes. Did you even know they still make Laker? I do because I drink it at rugby sometimes. Do not recommend. But any beer offered in friendship is a nice beer. So you take it and you drink it. Anyway, uh, we'll see. I might have to work on my consumption habits a little bit. What's going on? Nothing. Rugby practice. You want to come play rugby? Senior men's, senior women's practice Tuesdays and Thursdays. So do the older juniors. That's going to be your U14s, U16s, and U18s. U18s practice with the seniors. We roll them in until we have to get into contact. Um, younger than that, U12, U10, U8, U6. That's what I'm doing Mondays and Wednesdays. If you're in um, Toronto, especially East Toronto, and you have a child that wants to get involved in a sport that is like no other. That's a bit of an exaggeration, but it's a very good sport. Um, rugby is a fantastic option. I think it's around 200 bucks for the season. That includes insurance, registration with Rugby Canada and Rugby Ontario, which is required, um, as well as club fees. Um, includes kit, so you're going to get a training shirt and a pair of shorts and a pair of socks. You can opt for a slightly cheaper version that's just the shirt, but whatever, you do you. Um, and it's fantastic. Balmy Beach. You can look us up. Go to rugby.ca. That's Rugby Canada's homepage. And uh, there's a huge thing. Play rugby. Choose Balmy Beach Juniors and you can sign up. Got any questions, get at me. Or check out our website. We're easy to find. Balmy Beach Rugby. Um, and uh, happy to talk you through it. Like I say, fantastic program. Kids four and up. And uh, they get a good run. They get some good ball handling, hand-eye coordination stuff. And one of the things, I mean, you know, I was saying my drinking team has a rugby problem and it's telling you about all the guys on the patio and we're all singing and all that. That's all kind of silly sounding and all that, but in terms of team spirit and, and support and camaraderie, um, 
I know you get that in most sports, but you really get that in rugby. Um, it's like family. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm in the, you know, we have a group chat with the senior men's and there's a lot of inappropriate humor. So get ready for that. Not with the kids. Don't worry. We keep it age appropriate. Um, but there's also things like guys will say, Hey, uh, I got to move whatever, a piano, uh, anyone around tomorrow at two and guys will be like, yeah, I'll swing by. I'll help you move that. Yep. 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 We got you. We got you. Just everyone takes care of each other. It's really lovely. It's a really great environment, really great sport to be involved with. So couldn't recommend it more. Were you expecting me to tell you what was going on in the beer community? Ha! <laughs> Good luck. You know why I don't know what's going on in the beer community? Because I don't think there is anything going on in the beer community. I know, obviously, lots of places now reopening. Uh, more capacity for indoor dining. Fantastic. Um, try and support those bars. Bars with curbside patios. Bars with regular patios. Bars with no patios. Get into them. Um... I think there's a thing, it's like 140, if everybody, if every adult in Canada drinks 142 pints of beer this summer, it will be as if the bars never lost any business through COVID. I realize I know the math doesn't quite work that way, but you get the point. Get out there and get some beers into you. Have some wine if you prefer seltzer. So hot right now. Um, but whatever you like, try if you can. Uh, get out and support some uh, some local bars and restaurants. And as well as we always say, keep buying the beer from uh, the brewery. Couldn't do uh, much better than that, I'll tell you that. Amsterdam, pure Pilsner. It's available at, well, I know it's at Leeside because that's where I got it. It's probably at, uh, at uh, Queen's Key too. Um, really really good. I'm going to need to message Ian and find out if this is going to be a regular or if this is just a, uh, a one-off. Oh, and the other thing I did learn from the can. Oh, I'm going to read the can now, by the way, too. Golden beer with small, delicate white bubbles, full of refreshment and flavor, clean, crisp, with a complimentary trace of bitterness. This Pilsner named itself pure. That's cute. doesn't say what kind of hops, though. Well, I do know how to find that out. Uh, interestingly, though, you notice on this side of the can, if you're watching at home... 35 years. What do they say? Amsterdam good years. 35 Amsterdam good years. Uh, they, and that's the old logo. The old Amsterdam logo. Love that. Miss seeing that on glass bottles. Clear glass bottles. So glad I don't see that anymore. Uh, but the, the logo I miss. Um, yeah, they're celebrating their 30th, 35th, 35th, 35th. There we go. Year. Uh, brewing in Toronto. They call themselves Toronto's Original Craft brewery uh and i think they probably can stake that claim great lakes slightly older slightly not in toronto this isn't brampton i think at first and then it's in etobicoke and that's only been toronto since mega mel mega messed everything up so no offense etobicoke nice spot but not toronto i'm from scarborough also not toronto uh pick up some of that wish them a very happy 35th Anniversary? Maybe we'll do uh, something 35th. See? Stupid word. Uh, with them sooner than later uh, during their 35th year. That'd be nice. Catch up with some of the crew. Maybe we get Cody on the pod. That could be fun. Could be really fun. Oh, except I remember hearing... I think, eh, he probably doesn't care. He talked about it openly. That uh, Ben Johnson was interviewing, I think, Ian and Lackey. And... Lackey, it was like somebody from Great Lakes contacted him and was like, yeah, what do you need him to do? And he was like, I don't know, just come on the Zoom call and talk. And they were like, OK, cool. 
then somebody from Amsterdam's marketing department was like, yeah, we need to know what sort of uh, listener numbers you have, uh, what your sort of social media reaches. Like they're like, we're not giving you the big guy if you don't bring the heat. Um, so I might not qualify. <laughs> we might just have to work around the marketing department there. Uh, but uh, yeah, we'll get somebody. We'll get somebody on the blower and we'll talk to them about 35 years in Toronto and making pure Pilsner, real nice beer. And of course, Bone Shaker, which is still near and dear, right in the depths of my heart. So that's what we got. Oh, and check out, I don't know if the Great Lakes um, uh, brew pub is open yet on Queen's Key, but if it isn't open now, it will be soon. And you should check that out too. Uh, that's, that's all I got. That's the beer scene. You heard it first here. Now, next Monday, I have no idea what I'm doing. I will also be just finished rugby, uh, slightly hoarse voice, I'm sure, hot and sticky. You don't want to smell me right now, guys. I know sometimes I say it'd be great if you could smell these beers I was drinking. Tonight, probably be thankful you can't. That's not an attractive smell. Just going to put that out there right now. Uh, why did I bring that up? Oh, because next Monday it'll be after rugby once again. This is going to be the norm now until the end of September. So slightly later start times, probably. Um... I'm in good nick right now. I'm really keeping my head above water, which is nice, but uh, there will be days when I will be dumb as a bag of hammers, and I would like to apologize to you in advance for that and for bearing with me. Anyway, uh, let me know what you want me to drink next week. Uh, throw some names out there. Throw some suggestions, and I will do my best to pick them up. What haven't I had in a while that I should be drinking more of? I always think that about Muddy York. I really do. I gotta get up there. See, that's the problem. Now rugby started four nights a week at the rugby pitch. Just seems like a lot. Especially when Rorschach Brewing is right next to one of the two rugby pitches I play at. God bless him. Anyway, that's it. That's what we got. Hey, be good to each other. Take care of each other out there. It's getting hot. Take care of your posties. Offer them water or freezies if you see them. No one's offered me a freezie yet, but I guarantee you if they did, I would say yes. I always say no to the water. I generally have enough. Freezies, I never have any of, so I never have enough freezies. Offer your postie a freezie. See if they say yes. Also, probably get some freezies so that you have one when you offer, because that'd be a real dick move. If you, <laughs> Hey, you want a freezie? Yeah, it's so hot. That'd be great. And then you say, oh, sorry, I don't have any. It was more of an academic question. Anyway, don't do that. Take care of people. Take care of yourself. We'll talk at you in a week. Bye.